welcome back. We hope you had some great holidays and some great pie. <laughs> uh, happy New Year. And uh, we finished the year strong, and we're starting the year strong. We had some great episodes at the end of the year last year. I'm just unbelievable. And then I think uh, I think you're really going to love this episode as well. So uh, don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and review. Thanks for listening. Dads Worldwide. The first word in family management, family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security. Doors are locked. Windows shut. House alarm is set. Fingerless gloves. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I'm Brendan. I'm Jim. No, I'm John. <laughs> That's right, folks. Not Jim. Definitely not Jim. As tall as Jim, but definitely doesn't look like him. Uh, John Svedezzi's back with us. Uh, you know him from the Basement Reload. Uh, yes. The it's just a wonderful podcast where he has me where he has me on all the time so it's fantastic i mean it's the best podcast out there i mean i don't know why you people aren't watching and listening to it you're the only one that'll come on (laughs) that's not true wasn't your wife on there yeah my wife but she has (laughs) (laughs) she has no choice right Uh, all right today with us we have a father a husband a writer a doer of cool shit yes a creative thinker maybe an overthinker i didn't write that he wrote that (laughs) we have nick with us today how you doing nick good thanks for having me on thank you for coming although i'm overthinking this you're (laughs) second guessing this more like is that why your 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 finger's about to be like on the gone button it's hovering (laughs) it's hovering no we're just here to have a good time and uh yeah uh so why don't you give us the uh the the overview you're a dad how many kids uh, ages genders i am a dad of two um i have a seven-year-old son um on instagram i lovingly refer to him as just b it's pretty easy yep um and i also have a daughter she's three she's about to be four in less than a month um we call her the keeks the keeks nice Nice. so i kind of hide my my kids' names from public but uh her her nickname is kiki and then that somehow became the keeks (laughs) she's just like such a big personality that she needs like a name that sticks you know like yeah absolutely it's gotta have the in front of it because she's just she's a badass and there's kikis out there i don't I've never oh, heard yeah. Keeks before, man. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. great. That's great. And uh, I like B, man. They, they used to call me B growing up. So, yeah. I'm loving it. We used to, we used to have a, a very cutesy little nickname for him, but once he got bigger, he, uh, he didn't like it anymore. Wasn't, wasn't digging it. It was like Bubba Boo Bear or something like that. It, it lasted for like three years. And then he was like, you stopped calling me that? <laughs> My my dad used to call me kid. He's like, "Hey kid," I was like, "You do know like I, I have a name. Like stop calling me kid." <laughs> <I have a name. laughs> you know, like, 
John's 40. You're, He's you're not John... like one of those families that has like 12 kids, right? And so he, No, he I'm the only child. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, start with the dad question. Nick, I'm going to start you off here. What has been your proudest dad moment? Proudest dad moment. Um, it'd be pretty cheap to just go with. Overall, I love being a dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm love. Sure yes, we will. Right? We will not accept that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, very specific thing comes to mind. Um, something that just it it didn't seem that big of a deal at the time, but then when it was done, I was so excited about it. I think I was more excited than my son. It was teaching him how to ride a bike. Um, nice. it was something that we worked on together, uh, behind my wife's back because it was almost mother's day. Ah. And so he was like terrified of taking his training wheels off. (laughs) So he's like, and, and this was like maybe last year. So he's like the only six year old on our, in our neighborhood with his training wheels on. And I just could not convince him to take them off. And, um, so we just Mother's Day was coming up and I was like, hey, man, like, let's just go out there and practice like 10 minutes a day. Just give me 10 minutes a day and let's surprise her. This will be your Mother's Day gift to her is showing her how brave you are. I like hyped him up real big and he was into it. So I forgot one day and he was like, Dad, we didn't practice our 10 minutes. So I was like, all right, tomorrow we'll do 20. And uh, Mother's Day came and she was like, what were you guys working on? So we showed her. He wasn't quite there yet. And, but as he was showing her, he was like, see, this is how close I am. And he had gone like maybe one or two sidewalk squares, um, before that. But on mother's day, he went like six or seven. Nice. And he got this big old smile and was like, did I just do it? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. And That's so, hard. uh, we kind of finished up our mother's day stuff and then we got home and there's a court like across the street. So we went into the court and, Man, that guy just like took off on his bike like it was nothing. Mild came back, big old smile, like he was feeling good. I was feeling so good about it. It was like I taught him that by myself. That that kicked ass. Like it was our it was like our thing, but for her. So yeah, it was fun. And That's it's awesome. amazing. It's amazing how just a little bit of confidence just just swells in them. You know, That's, totally. That's awesome. Totally. That's awesome. And then he took it one step further and was like, how long did it take you to learn? And I was like, oh, man, I remember me and my mom out in my court for like an hour probably. He's like, an hour. Lame. I'm like, okay, then. Cool. Wow, he's going to get cocky about it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, let's let that one go to your head. (laughs) So did you push him over? (laughs) (laughs) He got so fast so quick, I started chasing him. Can't catch him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, I think John. Guilty of pushing their kid over at some point. What? No. <laughs> I was kidding, John. What are you doing, to your children, I'm man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, All right, Nick. So my question is: While you were changing diapers, did you ever get poop on your hand? And if you did, did you push through it, or did you stop and wash your hand? um definitely have gotten poop on my fingers um (laughs) it 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 depends how much like if you get just like a little like you're wiping and like some hits your knuckle right kind of thing and you're like ah damn it you just kind of power through and you just keep finishing because it's like 
you never know. More is going to get on your hand. You, you don't exactly. know. Right. So you power through and then you wash your hands very thoroughly. Now, there's been times where I've just like just something stupid like the the wipe like folded in half and like my oh, whole hand went in it it's like oh yep that that's happened and that's like a like you straight call for your wife and you're like i i'm tapping out you're in i gotta go get all of this off my hand this is disgusting yep so that's not fun either you know suffering the wrath of your wife who was like can you just handle one diaper you can't even do like, that nope. one thing you're in like, you don't understand like <laughs> There's so much poop on my hand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. This reminds me of a time. Uh, so I don't remember which son it was, but we were. Uh, it must have been. It must have been my first because my wife was pregnant, so we were going down to the hospital. We always stopped at this one restaurant. Well, he has a blowout as we're about to go into the restaurant, so I. I'm not scared of diapers, you know, no big deal. So I bring them to the back of the car and just start going to town, get up, boom, 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 get, get it all changed up, cleaned up, no big deal. And I pick them up and I'm about to hand them to my wife. And she's like, it's all over your sleeve. Like in my coat, like, I mean, like from the wrist to the elbow, like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if what happened. Like, I don't know how, I don't know if he sharded as soon as like I opened and it like it like you know like sprayed <laughs> you know what i mean like i i, I don't yep. like i have no idea how it happened uh, just no idea but yeah um yeah that was that was not fun it wasn't on my hand but it was pretty much everywhere else like <laughs> yeah. it was incredible I, I i would like to share a story okay <laughs> um <laughs> my wife and i had just got our first uh like legit car from like a dealer that you know like it's brand new for us you know it's got the new car smell it's not a used car you know yeah (laughs) so uh um would one morning we're driving the kids to church we're going to church and church is like 45 minutes away and we're driving and like we almost five minutes away from church my son throws up all over the back of the car oh my god this brand new car all right this is his first time in the car and he throws up all over the back seat worse <laughs> we had to drive almost a half an hour back to the house oh that smell, smell. Yeah. oh god that's, that's awful <laughs> oh, that is a shitty story yeah <laughs> uh. i was like my car no <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a story very similar to that, but it was my wife who threw up in my oh, six-month-old car. Oh no! First, first car I ever bought by myself, and uh, she turned 21. We were dating, and she turned 21, and I was still 20, so I couldn't drink. So I was automatically her DD. Oh my god! And just heading back, she was like, "I think I'm gonna be sick," and I was like, "Gas stations like." a block ahead just let me turn in and pull over and nope. she was like nope you gotta pull over now well where we were was in construction oh, so there no. was like cinder block barriers yes. there was literally nowhere to pull over so she's like not gonna make it and she rolls down the window and I was like you better shoot for distance <laughs> and she threw up and I just kept going home cause it was like well too late now Yeah. so I go home and we get out and it's like 
top to bottom, passenger side to tail fin, like just and because I drove, it dried, dried. so it was just all like, yeah, it was disgusting. She's like, let me just go to the bathroom and I'll come back and take care of it. And I'm like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, where is she? What's taking so long? And I walk in and she's just passed out on my bed. I'm of like, course. Cool. So I guess I'll take care of yeah. it. That's when you get the hose and you just. I'm gonna marry it. this oh, one. Yeah. I know it. I know it. I'm gonna marry her. I'm gonna yeah. marry her. That's what he said. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, Wait, is it my? No, it's my turn. We right. j- you just had the oh. sh- the poop uh, question. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what was the most important thing your dad passed on to you? Oh, this is going to sound terrible, but my dadding style is to just do everything the complete opposite of what he did. And I, luckily, I can say that with a smile now, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it can't all be funny, but he was just, he was not a good dad. He was not there. And when he was there, he was, I remember him always like yelling and cussing. And like, I would jump on my bike as like a seven year old and just like ditch out. Like, not even tell my parents where I was going, just like ride my bike to a friend's house. Yeah. So those are like the memories that I have of him. So that kind of drives my like entire parenting style now, is to like overly engage with my kids and like really make sure that I'm, because I get a little hot headed too. So it's like I I can feel when I'm losing the patience, and it's like. I just I know what he would have done, so I try to do the exact opposite. So I, I, I took a very serious turn quickly, but no, it's okay. I mean, that's powerful though to uh, know that you know you don't want to be that way, right? And to consciously make an effort to not do that. And yeah, my patience runs thin sometimes, and yeah, so I, I get it. And yeah, yeah. so I just don't understand. want them to have like the memories that I have of my dad, I want them to have like the completely opposite memories of me. So that's good. Yeah. It's a good thing to, that drives you to, yeah, to be better. Right. I think that, that that's what makes you a good dad. I think yeah. we'll see. Time will tell. I heard, a, ta- I heard time a funny will line once about parenting is fun because you don't know whether you nailed it or you screwed it up until they're 35 and it's too late to do anything about it anyways. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. So. Uh, well, five years, I'll find out. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if that's completely true, right? I mean, you you can do the best you can and and try to uh, help them, you know, try to make the best choices in life, and eventually they're just gonna go out on their own and make their own choices, and you could have informed them the right way completely, and they just decided like, well, f that guy, I'm just gonna do what I want to do, you know, and. So, sure. I mean, I don't think that's completely fair, but, yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer had parents too, right? So are we going to blame them? I don't know. I don't know. Fair point. Yeah. Mommy didn't hug him enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, John, you're up. All right, so when you have two kids, right? You have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, you said. So... What did you want to be when you were seven? Like when you grew up, what did you want to be when you grow up when you were your kid's age? I love this question, John, by the way. Fantastic question. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> I I was insanely into dinosaurs. Nice. Um, so I remember being seven and wanting to be a paleontologist. Awesome. Uh, Wait, at seven years, a, you knew what a paleontologist was? Yeah. Oh, man, I was such a dinosaur. I so game. thought you were going like, to say Tyrannosaurus Rex. But, yeah, that's cool. Paleontologist is cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ride a Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. as a pet. Uh, I think uh, no, it's like or you wanted a to couple years. I think, <laughs> I think a couple years after that, Jurassic Park came out. Oh, so yeah. It was like, oh, man, everything was perfectly, perfectly timed and – and then once I got a little older, I really, really realized that like dinosaurs were dead, and paleontologists was just like a lot of time in the sun in the desert, digging for bones. Dude, like, that brush. doesn't sound fun at all. It sounds brush. awful. Yeah, <laughs> brushing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go to school a lot just to dig in the dirt. So get paid nothing. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, that. I don't know. Anytime I think of like archaeologist or something i think of like that old movie stargate remember stargate yeah 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 i was like i think of that. i don't know why <laughs> all right See, that'd be a lot more interesting than just finding bones though hell yeah Find portals portals yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right is there i want to know if there's one book that you've hidden or trashed because you're just so darn sick of reading it um, just any, not even parenting, just any, any old book. No, no, no for the kids, like you know, because they just like they keep, oh, you know, yeah. like you know what I mean, like they just they not keep dead. bringing you that yeah. same book constantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my daughter's doing it right now. It's called like Five Minute Princess Stories, <laughs> and it's a lie. They take a good like ten to twelve minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's like. I don't know, seven Disney princess stories in it. And even of the seven, she just wants to read the same two over and over again. Which ones? Uh, there's a Rapunzel one. And then there's one, uh, I want to say it's like Snow White or something where they find a dragon and they bring it back and it causes all this mischief until they find like the perfect job for the, the dragon. It's, <laughs> Yeah, bad. <laughs> My daughter's obsessed with Frozen and uh, Moana right now. Yeah. Like, I watch those movies like 10 times a day. I'm like, give it a break. Watch something else. <laughs> you know? Yep. Any book that So that's it. just a kid thing then where they just latch onto something and they watch it to death? Yeah, I think it's all kids. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because my daughter's on Frozen and Moana, and my yeah. son is on. Uh, Avengers Endgame still. <laughs> hey, that's a good not, movie. That's an easy movie to get through. It's like, let's just kill three hours of our time. <laughs> three hours. God. I thought you were going to say something like Paw Patrol or something like that, you know, for your son. <laughs> no, luckily, no. Yeah, no. that. He was three, I think. But... Yeah. Yeah, so I try to hide the princess book, but she finds it. She's like, where's the princess book? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened maybe, to it. What was it doing in the oven, Dad? Elf on the shelf <laughs> stole it or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he took it to the North Pole with him. All right, John. So how many pieces of furniture and toys have you put together since having Ooh. kids? 
Oh God, we have an IKEA near us. Oh Jesus! Oh. Cursed. <laughs> Uncountable. I IKEA is the worst. I mean, I love them, but I hate them. Right. Because I mean, get stuff is so nice, cheap. But... You know how many of those little like shaped wrenches I have <laughs> from IKEA? You yeah, the, the Allen keys. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I keep them all, but I must have like thirty. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You never know where you're gonna need one. That exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my wife. Uh, let's see if you can follow this. My wife's cousin is married to a guy who works at. Um. Who makes the Hot Wheels? Oh, Mattel. Mattel. Is it Hasbro? Mattel. 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 I think it's Mattel. Yeah, Mattel. Okay, so he works at Mattel. So he gets all these like just like insanely dynamite like Hot Wheels gifts that always end up better than our gifts. And then I'm like, cool, bro. Thanks for doing that. But then wow. they require like an hour's worth of effort to put together and like just so many pieces. Like he got the big old huge ultimate garage one year. Damn. And not only do you have the pieces, but then you have like the stickers that you have to like lay out into this thin strip like perfectly and if you miss even a little bit it goes up on like, the ridge yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the hot wheel won't roll through it perfectly and but you know what i have a problem with is that the actual boxing of the toys like they tie these toys to the box with like a thousand zip ties and yeah. you need like the jaws of life or like pliers or wire cutters to, to clip them off, you know, and to get the toy out of the actual box. And uh, like my daughter for her birthday got a Blue's Clues house and it, it's not that big. You know, there's not that many pieces, but there's like a hundred different ties attaching it to the freaking cardboard. You know, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yep. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I enjoy putting all that stuff together. I actually set a timer and see how quick I can do it. So, yeah. It makes a game out of it. I might actually try that. Just yeah. to entertain myself. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, what is one thing you hope your child learns from you? Um, that is a good question. Um, not patience. Because he's not going to learn that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. The first strongest thing that comes to mind is empathy. Just empathy for others. Um, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I mean, both my kids are, are pretty empathetic. I think, especially now with, like, God, so much tension in the world. Well, at least here. Um, you know, yeah. racial tensions and, like, political party tensions just kind of teaching them to be empathetic towards others, um, just be kind to others, um, just as a, like, really, that I'm not even talking like, what am I trying to say here? Just on a very extremely basic level, like, yep. there's really nothing to being kind and empathetic to others, and, but it's just a good, a good skill to have, a good, um, I don't know. Is it a talent? A good talent to have? And it's just really needed right now. So, yeah, it really is. Absolutely. So I do my best, but 
I'm sure there's there's room when the person's going slow in front of me and I'm not being very empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're going to be late to school. Get out of the way. Yeah. And then they hear everything I say from the back seat. That's not very empathetic of you, Dad. <laughs> Maybe he's having a bad day and yeah. he's going slow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's he awesome. might have just lost his job due to the pandemic, Dad. Yeah. All right. When you put it like that, geez, sorry. <laughs> sorry, gee, yeah. That's probably one of the hardest pills to swallow is when your your little one throws it at you. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, John. You got one more question? Yeah. My uh, my last question is: If you weren't a family man, what would you be doing, and where would you be? Would you be a paleontologist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a paleontologist because. Still, still applies too much school for okay. too little money and way too much effort. Uh, you know, it's funny. We sometimes um, we have a pretty big family on my wife's side, and they're all really close to us. Uh, so it's a luxury, but we're able to kind of dump them off at the in-laws. Bam! Nice, um, nice. Yeah. And you know, one-hour visit will turn into like the entire afternoon and into the evening. Two days, uh, which is well, we can never swing the overnight, but we we'll try. Yeah, but we'll come home and we'll sit around and we'll just like watch TV and we'll be like, "Man, we're free. What should we do?" It's like take a nap, and then we sit there. And, yeah, we fall asleep on the couch and we watch a lot of TV. And it's like, remember when we didn't have kids and we did this all day? It's like, yeah, that sounds kind of boring actually yeah. Yeah. we were so, lame <laughs> yeah yeah binge netflix yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or some... the kids will be gone and i'll be in one room playing like video games and she'll walk in and she'll be like remember when we did this when we were kids like you'd be in one room playing video games and i'd be in the other room like watching tv yeah like yeah we were so cool <laughs> we were <Good> awesome times. <laughs> <laughs> high so, five now get out of here we have a lot more money yeah yeah but we probably be doing the same thing just hanging out yeah <laughs> probably make vacations 10 days instead of like six but yeah oh yeah yeah my wife and i keep talking about going on vacation and doing things but what's it know. like <laughs> <laughs> go on vacation to utah and dig for some dinosaurs there you go you go dig for gold yeah. man Wow. All right, uh, last question. It is the the question, apparently. Um, it Everything hinges, the, the interview, everything hinges on this question. Nick, are you ready? Oh, no pressure. Not, yeah. I don't know. Buddy. This is Jim question. The Jim, uh, the original co-host, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We can't continue. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> and I don't even know why. I don't have an argument. Yeah. It's just in, it's funny, in Nick. Heart no. heart, deep when, down when... in my soul, it just doesn't feel like a sandwich. No. It's not. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah. And I know all the arguments like hinge on the on the bread, but to me it's it's the meat. Like there's no like layers of meat. It's just one solid tube meat. Tube meat. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's weird. 
Like you uh, could make an argument, steak sandwich, same thing. It's just one big piece of meat, but it's like flat. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my argument for why a hot dog is not a sandwich is because it's not flat. Here we go. That's the first we've heard that. I love it. That's great. <laughs> that's extremely scientific. Okay, yeah. well, is a hamburger a sandwich? Because that's flat. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I said last question, John. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it! Now I got to think about that. The rest of the Nick, interview. It's, fu- it's funny because when I had first met Brendan and Jim, okay, uh, I I came upon their live show on Facebook, and it was their first ever live show, and you know I was like, all right, let me just stop in and see what these two schmoes are doing, and <laughs> schmoes and is right. They- they wound up inviting me on the show, and I got on the show not knowing what to expect. Like, at least you were prepared or at least prepped a little bit. And I just get on the show, and they start asking me all these dad questions. So I, I answered all the exact same dad questions you were just asked. You know, I was like... Yeah, he got and bombarded. I agreed with you that a hot dog is not a sandwich. There's people out there that don't agree, though. Oh, the faction. All right, Nick. Well, we didn't have you on just to talk about hot dogs, so um, it's something that uh, Dads Worldwide hasn't touched on yet, but an important subject: uh, anxiety, mental health. And uh, we started talking, and you told me uh, briefly about kind of what was going on. But I, I told you, I was like, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it for the first time on the show. So why don't you set the stage? What happened? When did you find out? When did it hit you? Sure. So uh, if you ask my wife, I've always had it and she's always known. Um, <laughs> of course. I think that's I think that's honestly pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first like real kind of big instance um, was um, I got I have to think of when my son was born. So she told me she was pregnant January 2013. Um, and the same month I developed this weird, um, and hopefully this isn't like TMI, but like this weird, like peeing thing, um, like kind of like a UTI type thing. And, uh, again, sorry for the TMI, but I was peeing like 20 times a day and two minutes after I would feel like I had to pee again, but I knew I didn't actually have to. So I would just sit there and like hold it for like 30 minutes. Um, did so many like insanely invasive tests that I really wish I didn't because I didn't know cameras could fit up certain places. Oh, that's to awful. look for things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really fun. <laughs> um, yeah, they never found anything, and it just like went away after three months. Um, it actually went away. We um. Sometime in February, we went on a 16-day vacation to visit some of her, like, older family in Holland. And after we got back, it, like, magically went away in, like, a day. Um, Wow. And maybe two weeks later, I developed this really weird breathing thing where I felt like I couldn't take... I felt like my body was signaling to me that I needed to take a, a really deep breath. But then I couldn't, like it wouldn't go in all the way. And then my body would signal like, oh, that didn't work. Do it again. And so then I'd be like, 
instead of really fast, rapid breaths, I would be like hyperventilating myself on the like, same trying way. to do deep breaths. Oh my God. Yeah. Same way. Yep. And again, I did. So if that popped up in like March, I did probably a year's worth of tests. Um, went in and saw my doctor and he was like, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. We did an EKG. We did an x-ray. We did all like the easy ones first, knocked everything out, blood tests. Yeah. They found nothing. And he was like, it could be anxiety. I mean, you, you're expecting a kid, your first kid. Um, you switched jobs. I, I entirely switched careers um, uh, from being a teacher to being a writer. So that's completely different. That's awesome. And so he was like, it's got to be that. And I was like, no, it's not that. Keep testing me. Um, so where was your, where was your like uh, hesitancy to believe that it was something mental? Like you didn't, you know, or anxiety. I mean, where was it just like uh, the bravado? Was yeah, it, did, did you not um, want to believe maybe something was wrong with you? Like mentally kind of thing, you know? I was just, it was less like, I don't believe something's wrong or I don't want something to be wrong with me mentally. And it was just so, I was just so convinced that something was wrong with me physically. Physically, yeah. Um, and yep. I found out later, like, that's part of the anxiety is like, it legit tricks you into thinking that something is actually, I mean, not to say something is actually wrong because anxiety is a real thing too, but, but like physically something is working on actively killing me and I'm convinced of that. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, but they, man, I did so many more tests. Uh, they like straight locked me in this glass box and pumped like gas in. What? And it was connected to a computer and they could see how, how far down the, the oxygen was going and how far my lungs were expanding. Wow. wow. And they were, they were like, dude, you are healthier than 99% of men, your, your age, weight, and height. Um, and I just still, I was like, nope, no, I'm not. I can't breathe. Something's yeah. wrong. Um, they sent me to a pulmonologist and he like refused to see me. He's like, it's anxiety, dude. And I was like, no, it's not. And he's like, I could shove a, I could shove a tube down your throat to prove it to you that nothing's wrong with your lungs. And I was like, no, I don't really want that. So <laughs> we'll skip that one. Yeah. Uh, I went to like a neurologist. I got CAT scans. And they just never found anything. I went to a chiropractor. Um, I got referred to like a massage therapist that works on breathing. And so wow. that kind of worked. Um, and then I didn't realize it at the time, but because that kind of worked, it kind of put me at more ease. And I was like, oh, I can breathe again. Yes. And then it started to slowly go away. Um, but man, I, I still fought it so hard. Um, and didn't really do anything about it until, um, I want to say sometime, God, was it last year, 2019? Um, so I had all of that happen, still, still fought it, didn't ever go to counseling, didn't ever get on medicine. My doctor would kind of half say like, I still think it might be anxiety. And I'd be like, nah, it's, it's not that like whatever it was, it went away. So I told you it was something physical. Um, and then the first time that I, uh, did counseling, um, you guys watch baseball? Yeah. Yep. Do, you, do you know who Rick Ankeel is? No, actually oh. I don't. Yeah. 
Uh, he's a Cardinals. He came up as a pitching prospect, and then in a playoff game, he just got the yips, and after that, he could not pitch again. Whoa. And he went back to minor leagues and reinvented himself as an outfielder, um, and then just came back up and was a solid player for a couple more years. Yeah. Um, I think he was on the Cardinals when they won the World Series. So... I read his autobiography and a lot of his background is like a lot of similar stories with between him and his dad as I had. Uh. And so I'm like thinking it's funny. And I remember saying it to my wife and I was like, listen to this. This is like the exact same thing my dad did to me. And I would read it and she would just like, look at me and be like, why are you laughing? Like, that's, that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what she said. She was like, this is not okay. Like that, that's horrible. No. I was like, no, it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't see what the big, what the big deal is. Well, then, so my son at the time now, I want to say he was like, maybe four or five, five, and he's like, wait, who's your dad? Because we had never talked about it before. And I'm like, oh crap, here it comes. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to explain it to him. I'm like, you know, he's he's just a bad guy. Like we don't we don't associate with bad guys and you know how there's bad guys in movies. He, he would be a bad guy in my movie. So like, I just don't even associate with him. And he's like, he looks at me like super lovingly and he's like, but dad, you're like the best superhero I've ever met. If anyone could turn a bad guy into a good guy again, it would be you. Oh my God. Like, wow. Uh. <laughs> and he's like, don't you think you should give him a chance? He's your dad. Oh, and that like set off this whole spiral of like I I went to bed that night like looking at my wife like is he right should I should I try again like what do I do and I had this week long like confliction wow. just sitting there deep down and like finally just sitting at my desk one day at work I just like broke um I didn't I mean I'm not I didn't like cry at my desk or anything, but I just was like, I can't work. I need to go home, but I don't even think I can drive right now. And I called my wife and I was like, I literally, she's just like, Hey, what's up? And I was like, I need help. Like, I don't know. Something is going on deep inside. Like, I don't know what to do. And I just, I need help. And I don't know. I, what do I do? And she was like, okay. So we, like I did the, I figured out how to get the freebies through work. The like counseling freebies. Yep. Yep. Um, the EEO or whatever. It, yeah. 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 And so I did those. That was the first time I ever went to counseling, and um, we didn't really talk anxiety at that point. We just talked about like the the good old fashioned daddy issues type stuff. Um, and you kind of have to cram it all in. You only get three, you know. So yeah. <laughs> Did the three sessions. Hey, Doc, can we move the, this along? I got to get all this in. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, you just fire questions at me, and I'll just say yes or no yeah. really fast. Like, First thing you're thinking, Doctor, okay, I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have a dad? Yes. yes. Was he around? Yeah. No. Is he an ass? Yes. He was horrible, horrible, horrible. Move on. Come on, come on. So, we, I mean, we kind of hammered it out, and it was a lot. Like, the, the big takeaway from that, um, I, I was like, okay cool. I have dad issues. Um, that's crept into me being a dad solved. Right. And she was like, ha, so I could read a book about, you know, dieting. But as soon as I read the book, I don't 
drop 40 pounds. Like, like, of course. Now I know the strategies. I have to put in the work, and the work is the hardest part. So that's where you're at now. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll take that as you saying I'm solved. We'll move on. <laughs> um, you're here, man. <laughs> yeah. Walked out of there feeling good, and and uh, that was that. And then like a year went by. And um, this was the the tease I sent you in the email. Yep. About you'll never believe like where I had the worst panic attack of my entire life. Yep. So, um, we go to Disneyland with my kids. Oh god. And I'm standing in line and I'm just feeling really dizzy, like I'm gonna pass out. I'm like, I need to walk back to the hotel. And so they're like, All right, that's fine. So I start walking back, and I feel better. And it's like, okay, no, I don't need to go. So I turn back around. I start walking back towards my family, and I start to feel dizzy again. And I'm like, okay, what the hell? So it kind of went like that the entire time, and I just kind of powered through. I handled my youngest daughter, and we just did the character meeting thing, and my wife took my son on all the rides. So then um, fast forward, we're talking about, I'm like, man, I, what if that was like, what if I'm going to be like that all the time now? What if I'm going to get dizzy in the lines? What if it maybe was anxiety? I don't know. So we decide on this redo where we're going to leave the kids with our in-laws and just her and I are going to go. And it's like, okay. So we're in the middle of Disneyland. We've been there for like six hours. I've been fine. We decided to get on Pirates of the Caribbean, like the slowest <laughs> yeah, ride. Yeah, I was going to say one of the worst the rides park. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The ride you use to rest your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we go down the first dip and all of a sudden this like panic hits me and I don't want anything else more than to just get the F off that boat. Oh my God. But it's super slow. Yeah. So there's still like a solid, I don't know. It was probably only 10, but it felt like 30. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in the very back and I literally had to lay on her lap and like close my eyes and I just like I felt like I was having a heart attack and all I could think about was I'm gonna die on freaking Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> like I'm gonna make the news because a dude died at Disneyland like it's gonna be horrible and embarrassing and I just man I could not get off that ride fast enough um but we ended up we got off the ride and I, I was still convinced like it wasn't anxiety. I was like, I think maybe I would, I was telling my wife just stupid stuff. Like I think I sugar spiked myself. I think we had too many of those, like what are they beignets? Um, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I, you know what you're I was like, I think I had too many of those and sugar spiked myself. And, and that's what it was. And she's like, all right, well let's just chill for a little bit. And 30 minutes later, I was like, I can't be here anymore. I want, I just want to go back to the hotel. So go back to the hotel and I just kept spiraling like downward. Um, she found me at like three in the morning sitting up like rocking. Um, and she freaked out. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, I haven't slept at all. Like all I can think about is how this is going to get worse. I'm not going to be able to work anymore. Um, I'm going to have to get like a handicap placard if I can even leave the house. I'm probably going to end up in a wheelchair. I'm not going to be able to pick up and play with my kids anymore. Like it spiraled so bad. And finally, I got some sleep. And the next day I was like, 
I okay, I whatever I was doing before, I can't do this. I can't do the three freebies. Um, I called my my um, not my doctor, but I called the like the hospital, the doctor system that I'm in, mm-hmm. and was like, direct me to mental health, and can I walk in today? Um, and I walked in and. Like literally the look on my face, they were like, you're in the right place. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. I look that bad. Cool. Um, Like you, I know you, you're in the right place. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I mean, it, it it turned out to be a good thing because I, I got set up on like 10 counseling sessions. um, And then. That's great. You needed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now I wish I would have done it sooner. Uh, I, I kick myself for doing it as late as I did. Um, but I got the, I got some solid counseling sessions, my counselor and then my primary doctor and I kind of pow out about like, is medicine a good idea? Should we try to avoid that? And the conclusion was kind of like, well, we think it's a good idea, but you have to be on board too. Um, and another thing I'll always remember that they said to me was, because I had said, well, I am i don't even like taking Tylenol. Like, I'm so paranoid about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I just, I don't want like the, these like medicines to create new like neurons and synapses in my brain that are going to be permanent, like make permanent changes in my brain. And my counselor was like, um, that's already happened. Like the anxiety already did that. So, so what would be different? Yeah. I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so when do I start the medicine then? Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I'm, yeah, now I'm on a, like just a little low-dose anxiety medication, and and life is... So, is... Sorry, I didn't mean it. Life is good. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. life is still a little bit different, yeah. but it's much, much better. I, I also will never forget when... My wife like looked at me like dead in the eyes and was like, "I'm so happy. I feel like I got my husband back." And I was like, "Damn." I didn't okay. know why I went anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, it kind of makes you feel a little bad, but you're like, I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. Then you kind of kick yourself too, and you're like, "Damn it." So anxiety can be life changing. I mean, especially uh, with a family involved, you know, because I suffer from anxiety almost exactly like you, Nick. Um, with the exception of with you, it was peeing a lot. For me, I was actually crapping. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, I suffered from really, really horrible, uh, anxiety attacks where I couldn't leave the house. Um, you know, and going to the store and buying milk for myself was just a chore, you know? And, um, luckily I, I think a few things that you had said, had resonated with me in the sense where I know exactly how you feel because you had said that you had went on vacation. What was it to Holland or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, when I was at the peak of my anxiety was, um, my dad basically almost forced me to move to Florida, uh, and work for the, for his company down there. And, um, it basically forced me out of my comfort zone and into something that was 
you know, that I was unprepared for, something that was spontaneous, something that I, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And, you know, that made me anxious, obviously. But at the same time, I had to live by myself down there. I had to rent my own apartment, you know, and I was, like I said, I couldn't even go to the store for milk, you know, and here I am out of my comfort zone. I'm like, all right, so here's my chance to overcome what this anxiety uh, has taken from me, you know, and, um, you know, I should have gotten help as far as a doctor like you did as far as counseling and medication but I was in the same frame of mind where I said I'm not taking medicine you know I like I'm not I don't want to be dependent on that you know and uh, who knows what it's going to do to my body or um, you know just things like that I I didn't want to take medication so I, I was determined like I was in my head, I had to get through this myself, and um, and Florida helped me, you know, moving out of my comfort zone. And I think that that's why going to Holland, you were you felt okay because you were out of your comfort zone. You were shocked into something else, into a different kind of lifestyle. You know, you're on vacation; everything was different for you, and uh, and you were okay. But then once you came back things started coming back and and that resonated for me too because it's like once i moved back to new york from florida my anxiety came back you know and everything just hit me again and i was just crippled you know so it i know exactly how you feel and what you were going through and you know i would spend maybe an hour or half hour in the bathroom you know before i had to go out somewhere you know, and uh, it, it was just, it was traumatic, you know. And then, like you had said, going through Disney, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or Universal Studios, whatever it is, um, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, me living in Florida, I used to go to those parks all the time, you know. So going and being on that line, waiting to get online, waiting to get on the ride is anxiety all in itself. You know, right. let alone the thousands of people that are around you, you know, making noise. And you and when you're anxious, when you have anxiety, you hear every noise, you hear everything, you know, you're hypersensitive. So it, it and then you said when you walked back to the hotel room, you started feeling good. You started feeling fine again. But that's because you took yourself out of that situation. You 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 said, OK, you were relieved that you were leaving that situation of having all those people around you and riding the ride and, and the anticipation of getting on the ride, you know, took forever. And, you know, so (laughs) I know exactly how how you feel because I've, I've done that a hundred (laughs) times. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's not fun. No, it's not. And, and, you know, I, I still think that even to this day, you know, even though I'm not on medication, uh, I probably should be, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it still bothers me. You know, you, I still feel it every now and then, you know, like if I'm in the house too long, especially during this quarantine, you know, like, uh, if I'm in the house too long and I try to go outside somewhere that's kind of relatively far from my house, I still mm-hmm. kind of feel anxious. So, you know, uh, like I know exactly how you're feeling. So, Nick, how long uh, did it take from when you, you kind of figured something wasn't right to actually 
you know, getting that, that help, that mental health help that you needed? How long did that take? So I would say, uh, the breathing thing that developed in 2013 was kind of like the first like big thing, um, that came up that they, that my doctors were like, this could be anxiety. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I just, I was like adamant. No, it's not. Um, and then the trip to Disneyland was May, 2019. So I spent like a good six years just doing this same thing where I would have these symptoms and run through all these tests. And my wife would be like, Hey, maybe it is anxiety. And I'd be like, no, it's not like, I don't have that. That's fake. Yeah. Um, if it was like, I should be able to just turn that off. That's easy. Like, just think happy thoughts, like be tougher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, six years of it, just like getting worse and worse and worse and me doing nothing about it. it it's amazing what your brain will do to you just from stress yeah. uh, and anxiety. Like, I'm like, you got, you know, one, one's pooping a lot. The other one's peeing a lot. I mean, but other people, but other people, in all seriousness, other people, like you were having trouble breathing and eventually, you know, that came to fruition. And I'm sure there's other stuff that, you know, I mean, plus the dizzy spill, the uh, dizzy spells. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing what, you know, tricks your mind will do to you. And, uh, and it's just from anxiety. It's suffers, you know, it's just your mind. It, it's amazing. Now, I don't know how you kept it together when your son said that to you about your father. I mean, I know this was way back in the conversation initially, but when, you know, he said, you know, I mean, one, you know, you're the best superhero I know. Is that what he said? I, I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's I ever known. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal, and uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I don't know if I would I would I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> you know? I mean, I would be lying if I if I didn't admit I got a little teary eyed. But yeah, I think it went so fast from like such a great compliment where you get like teary eyed because you're so proud and like happy to yeah. then he hit me with the whole like shouldn't you give him a chance? And then I just kind of went like stunned silence, like just looking at my wife for like the answer, like, uh, what do I do? Yeah. Help me. Like, right. No way. He's awful. <laughs> yeah. 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 He is a dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you won't. Oh, no, wait, you, you won't. won't like yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so how long has it been since you uh, received that help that's really been helping? Um, so it's been about a year and a half. Um, like I said, that, that Disneyland trip was May 2019, and we changed our flight. We flew home early, yeah. and as soon as we got back, I, I found the mental health like building um, and just walked in. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was like that fast. Um, now at the time they had like three different options. You could either go find your own therapist. Um, they would kind of like help you because they were super backlogged even before the pandemic. Um, so they could try to like, they'd give you like a list of, of private, um, like therapists that you could call and see if they had room for, for you. And I said, no, thanks. Um, or you could do 
like their long-term version, which was maybe you'll see them once every three months if you're lucky. Or you could do this like intensive program um, where they had to like screen you first and see if you qualified. And if you do, then you get like eight sessions once a week. You just kind of like knock out the sessions. Yep. Um, so I did like an intake and a and a, like a screening, and they said, "Yeah, you can do the intensive if you want to." So I said, "Yes, let's do that." Um, yep. Then once I got in, and uh, I remember it being like the eighth um, session, and her saying something about, "Okay, well, does next week same time same day work for you?" I was like, oh, I thought I only got eight. And she was like, no, that's just what we tell people. If we think you need more, you can keep coming. <laughs> it's kind of at our discretion. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hell yeah, give me as many sessions as I can take. Yeah. Um, so I ended up taking like 11. Um, but that was, so I mean, 11 weeks after May. So what's that? June, July, August. And then about August, um, I started taking medicine. So now it's been a year and a handful of months. Yep. Now, is there so, any and- is there anything that like uh, that surprised you through this process? Like anything that like was really jarring, other than what your son said to you, and maybe some of the physical <laughs> conditions. But is there something that maybe you learned in therapy uh, about yourself, or that just was really jarring that you wouldn't mind sharing? Of course, I mean. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I'm still like to this day kind of surprised about is when my wife first told me she was pregnant, I was so pumped. Like I could not wait. Yeah. Um, was ready to be a dad. Um, and again, this is one of those things that like looking back, it's like, oh yeah, that was anxiety. I did not want to have a son. I wanted so bad to have a daughter. Wow. And really? And looking back now, I can figure out, like, it's because I didn't have a, a dad and son relationship. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. terrified of the idea of trying to then have a dad and son relationship, even though I would be on the other side. Mm. And somebody captured a picture of our uh, gender reveal. It was like cupcakes. I bit <laughs> into mine, and then I just, like, stared down at it. And I didn't even realize <laughs> I was doing it. But somebody took a picture of me at the exact time, and they were like, this is the most depressing picture like I can't post this anywhere and we're never going to be able to show your son this. Oh man. So I was like, yeah, uh, you can go ahead and burn that picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it was just, it went back to like the dad stuff. Um, so when I first went to counseling, um, it was kind of funny how she phrased it. It was like, yeah, your son is the cause of your anxiety. And I was like, watch your tongue lady. Like, my son is the source of my like pride and joy. I love him so much. This is awesome being a dad. And I was so many years into it. Um, Cause like I said, that, that the counseling, like the intensive counseling started just last year. Yeah. And so for somebody to say, you know, now he's six years old and I'm six years into being a dad and just loving every minute of it for her to say like, yeah, it's his fault. Oh yeah. That's like, gotta be devastating. Mm-hmm. No, like, you're going to need to rephrase that. Yeah. And it was like, well, okay, it's not his fault. It's just no. like when you had a son, all right. of the stuff you buried was then brought back to the surface, whether you wanted it to or not. Yeah. Right. It's not like now you're holding resentment towards your son. It's not like that at all. 
No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I remember getting into like an argument that first session with her. and I was like, no, you're wrong. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> and she was like, no, you can be happy. Um, I, love, kind of I love my child. Me. I love my child. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she kind of explained it to me as like, she was like, you know how college students, they do all these studying, all this studying for finals and they kill themselves and drink way too much energy drinks and they don't sleep at all. And then they go take their final and it's their last final. And now they're on Christmas break and they get to enjoy it. And bam, they get hit with a cold. I was like, yeah, that used to happen to me like every winter. <laughs> and she's like, it's because you get so amped up. And then when you like let your guard down and relax and your body just goes into this like relaxation stage. That's when you become susceptible for these mm -hmm. attacks. So you were, even though you buried it, you were still real guarded and like tight. Right. And then you had your own son and you were nervous about it. And a couple years into it, you started to relax and you were like, this is awesome. This kicks ass. Like I'm having fun. And as soon as your body just like untensed itself up, you were susceptible and bam, it hit you. Wow. So yeah, that's just kind of like, it's, it's kind of crappy. I remember saying to her like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. And she was like, you're right. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I was like, okay, so, so what do I do about it? Come on. Like, and that's, that's where that uh, cookbook comment came from. Cause I was like, all right, well now that I know the cause, like, I can fix it, right? And she's, and then that's when she dropped that. Well, I can read a diet book. It doesn't mean I lose forty pounds as soon as I finish reading. It's like, oh right. damn it! Put in the work. Yep. Put in the work. Yep. yep. All right, John. You have uh, one last question for him, or I'll do my last question. No, I already did my last question. Oh, okay. No, I just meant uh, any additional. All right, but uh, no, no. good. Um, so what? what advice would you have for people that may be going through the same thing that you're going through right now that are maybe in denial or, you know, they have the spells and stuff like that, but they're just not ready to admit that it is something that they just need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, advice is just, just talk to somebody. Um, I mean, I've had a couple people after I posted on Instagram about this mental health journey, I, after every post, I get somebody jumping into the DMs like, hey man, like, can I pick your brain about something? And I always have to start like, oh, well, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and it's a, it's a lot of like what you guys said, like, yeah, I had the exact same symptoms as you described, and do you oh. think it could be? And I always, I always say, I think it's worth having a conversation with your, just your primary care doctor. Um, you know, the worst they say is no, it's not. Let's yeah. test you for something else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, middle of the road, they say, yeah, it might be. You, what do you want to do about it? And then ball's kind of in your court. Um, hardest thing about the journey was just admitting it to myself and then taking that first step to get help. But once you take that first step, it is so easy. Like the counselors, the therapists, the doctors, that's their job. They, they don't, they're not going to judge you. They don't care. Um, you know, I always say, like, I'm, I'm getting older now. I think I'm still a beer league softball superstar, but I turn wrong on a knee and it's swollen and I have to ice it for, like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, you tweak an ankle, you tweak a knee, a shoulder, whatever, you're oh, yeah. immediately going to go to the doctor. And yeah. 
they're going to tell you how to fix it. You drink a six pack, you're hungover for th- for a week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the same thing. Like it's in a different location, but it's still inside your body and something is up. So you go to the doctor that trained to do this and get their advice. But again, it's that first step. The first step is super hard. Um, I feel like if people, I I feel like if people are reaching out to you and being like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Like they already know the answer, right? Yeah, Yeah. you know, they already know that they should probably talk to somebody. They should probably reach out to a professional. And um, yeah, well, that's they're just reaching for confirmation. Yeah, if if they don't want to reach out to a doctor and they're just reaching out to a friend, that's that's a cry for help. You know, that's right. And in, in a lot of those cases, it's like a complete stranger. It's like the first interaction I've ever had with like an Instagram follower. And it's like, oh, I think it's easier man. to admit that to someone that you don't know. Right. Because there's zero consequence to it. Right. Right. You know? right. But so. again, like I, and I did the same thing. Like I was like, I'm, I'm not going in. I'm not admitting this to my doctor. I'm not getting on medicine like I. I don't want to go see some counselor. I don't know for them to judge me and be like, Oh, this like 30 year old dude is actually a big baby and he has daddy issues. Like, <laughs> and he couldn't just man up and handle it himself. Like I did all the same stuff. Yeah. Nope. And then it's like, after I got done with the very first session, it was like, God, I wish I would have done this. Like, not even six years ago when the breathing thing started, I wish I would have done this like 10 years ago, just like for fun. <laughs> just <to be> <laughs> Seriously. That's, that's the advice is even if you don't have anxiety, just go to counseling. I, I'm in a lot of dad groups on Facebook and everything. I'm trying to, you know, get the podcast out there, but it, it's just inadvertently I'm, I'm on all these dad groups and uh, you know, so I see all these posts and you just see a lot of it. It's just like uh, a lot of times I just like, you know, they ask questions. I'm like, you need to go talk to somebody or, you know, your family needs to go talk to somebody. I, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just that obvious sometimes, (laughs) but it's easy for someone that has that view that, you know, uh, you know, that overview of someone that you don't know and they're just posing a question to you, you know? So, I think it's a, a little right. bit easier, you know, when you're, you're looking the, in. The thing I'm, exactly. And the thing that I'm kind of like experimenting myself with is I think what helps or not helps, but hurts kind of or adds to the stigma that men have about talking about it is kind of the language. Like you almost have to use their language because um, you see all these memes or not memes, but you see all these graphics, right? That's like, it's OK not to be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, that's not, has, yeah, for a guy, for a, yeah. I still, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, like, man, get over it, you know, kind of thing. But no, yeah, it's not so it's like, like you almost have to use their language. So it's like, instead of saying, like, hey, bud, it's okay not to be okay, you have to be like, bro, it's fine to, like, feel like you don't want to play with your kids right now. Like, <laughs> you're you're super irritable like that's totally fine like it's probably better you're not around them all right that's what... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but like i don't know just trying to like uh just tweak tweak how everything is said and kind of like use you not use more manly language and hopefully yeah. that doesn't add to the, the whole machissimo thing but i almost think that's what you have to 
do to get through to people. Yeah. You, you shouldn't feel less of a man if you need help for anxiety, because if you need help, then you should get it. Um, you know, you shouldn't feel any more, any less masculine for yeah. it. You know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Now, not uh, use a drill is a different story, but uh, well, that's for another episode. <laughs> Oh God! Uh. <laughs> All right, and Nick, I gotta say thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Uh, Brendan, absolutely. I mean, before, come on. Before we close up, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Nick. Um, I just want to share, uh, Brendan. You you can edit this out after if you want to, but the there's something called the National Alliance on Mental Health. Oh yeah, okay. NAMI. Yeah. Yep. So they are well trained to answer questions on a wide range of mental health issues, including anxiety. Available Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this organization provides free information and referrals to treatment programs, support groups, and educational programs. NAMI also offers help for family members, information about job programs, and connections to legal representation in your area if you need it. The number for National Alliance on Mental Illness is 1-800-950-6264. So if anybody is out there and, and needs help, needs somebody to talk to, uh, give that phone number a call. Why would I edit that out, John? I'm, I don't do you know. think I'm that much of a dick? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they, they have some really good articles, too. I Every once in a while, check them out, and it's like just yeah. real easy things like, you know, top 10 ways you can help your own mental health in the stay at home, work from home, you know, pandemic times type stuff. Um, so even sometimes that's helpful for people. They yeah. might not want to admit it, but they think maybe they have anxiety. They can go read like a top 10 and, you know, one thing will be like, oh, get out in nature more. And then they go when they're feeling frustrated, they go sit outside and now they feel better. And it's like. What a Helps. just random tip, but yeah. it worked. But it helped. Yeah. 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 All right, Nick. Uh, is there if someone wants to get a hold of you? Um, I know you're kind of a private person in certain realms of things, but if uh, in certain parts of it, but uh, you know, if someone wants to get a hold of you, is there uh, a place that or read your blog, maybe something like that? How can they so get a hold of you? Best way would be on Instagram. Um, it's dadding greatly. Uh, D-A-D-D-I-N-G Greatly So that's actually after I made my name after the book Daring Greatly By <laughs> Brene Brown um, Which is all about Being vulnerable And and all of this stuff All this stuff All of this stuff um, That's that's my uh, Very eloquent paraphrasing of Dr. Brene Brown <laughs> uh, But Instagram It's a public account so they're you know folks are free to follow free to dm me um i i do have a blog i don't write in it very often anymore just the whole work from home and kids at home yep it's busy challenging yep busy busy so i hear that um but that's just wordpress.daddinggreatly.com or daddinggreatly.wordpress.com so i don't even know my own blog that's how much oh i write God. in it <laughs> It's a well, free WordPress account. There you go. Not paid. Go to his Instagram, get on there, and then you can click the link. And then yes. there, there you go. All right. Uh, the basement reload, John. 
When is yeah. the next episode coming out? Uh, I just dropped an episode. What's today? Monday? Yeah. Today. I just dropped an episode today. Um, I had my wife on the show. We talk about all the weird food that she's eaten in her life. Stuff like squirrel. Oh, so much weird shit. Yeah. Goat and uh head cheese i'm looking it up right now yes like seriously he's eating some weird stuff uh you gotta listen but uh yeah you can uh you can follow us on uh spot spotify you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at basement reload uh and then head on over to streamerlinks.com forward slash basement reload for all of our links including our official website and uh how to listen to the show Perfect. And this is Dads Worldwide. Uh, get a hold of me, Brendan, at dadsww.com. And we are on all the socials, so jump on there. Give us a, give us a like. Uh, don't forget to review, subscribe, and share. And, uh, hey, Nick, thanks again for coming on. John, thanks for filling in. Thank you. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Later. See ya. Dads Worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you.